I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's a glorious day if you're a Manchester City fan. But for every other football supporter, not so much. We should say, however, that anyone hoping to hear some trash talk on the legal decision will be disappointed. We really don't want City taking us to the course of arbitration too. So instead, we're looking straight at next season and Manchester City's main mission, kicking Liverpool back off their perch. Joining me are two giants in the world of sports journalism, Pete Sharland and Michael Hinks. How are you two gentlemen today? I am great, thanks. Very good, thank you. Um, now, chaps, the inevitable dip has happened at Manchester City. Nine defeats in the Premier League this season, despite a squad that cost around a billion pounds to assemble. Nine defeats, it's mad. And yet they still retain that knack of being able to destroy teams, more so arguably than any other team on the planet. So now they're definitely in Europe next season, soz UEFA. How can they address their faults to get their Premier League title back? Now, to make this fun, or at least try to, and snappy, I'll go through the various areas on the pitch and the manager and ask a simple question. Should City stick or twist? So let's begin with the goalkeeper. Now, is anyone saying that City need to upgrade Edison? Stick. Next question. One of the best in the world. That's not a problem. Cutting edge analysis. Right, let's switch on to the defence (laughs) where I'm suspecting that there might be a little bit more of a debate surrounding this one. What do Manchester City need to do to tighten it up at the back? Um, I mean... The obvious answer is sign a centre back. I mean, Heinrich Laporte is, is he's a quality player, but he's missing so many games at the moment. And next to him, Guardiola is just trying to fit as many square pegs into round holes as he possibly can. So the first thing they've got to do is sign a centre back. Obviously, Kalidou Kodavali would be the preference. Whether they will pay Napoli's asking price, I mean, given that they've obviously had the ban overturned, you suspect they probably will. Nathan Ake has been mentioned as well as a possible option. So I think that's the first place to start. You can hold clubs to ransom now that want a centre-back after Van Dijk for 75 and then Maguire for 80. Any club knows now that like world-class centre-backs are at a premium and you're going to have to pay a premium price to get them. So whether they will go for whatever they're talking about for Koulibaly, which is upwards of 90, even 100 million, like whether they're going to pay for that just after this decision that's overturned about their financial situation, who knows really. But I can see some more appealing options, maybe cheaper. I think Nathan Aki would be cheaper. I think Milan Skriniar would be a, <laughs> a cheaper beautiful, option. Beautiful, beautiful pronunciation. Worth trying to see how his name was pronounced about five minutes ago before we did this pod. I also wonder if there's a problem at left back or right back. I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. You know, you look at Liverpool and the joy they get from those positions. I know they play a slightly different style uh, with Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I just want to, is Carl Walker really the same player that Manchester City signed from Tottenham in 2017? Is, Manche- uh, is uh, Benjamin Mendy ever going to be fit enough to constantly play there? Because Zenchenko, when he's stepped in, has been okay. But since the lockdown, he's made a few 
well, both the left backs have made some pretty shocking decisions that have cost them. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Angelino when he comes back. Obviously, it looks like Leipzig aren't going to be able to afford to premium. He's he's honestly when when I spoke to him, he 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 had the look in his eyes of a man who wanted to stay at Leipzig. I can't stress that <laughs> enough. He's he's is this is an exclusive right here. Angelino is a hundred percent staying at Leipzig. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think I think you're right. Though. I think they knew. I mean, obviously. I think this is less of an issue if they do have two world-class centre-backs playing week in, week out, because I don't think those issues get highlighted. But I think right-back's definitely a problem. You've got to wonder if like one of, if someone like Garcia comes in next year, starts playing more often, and whether Guardiola wants to use him. But they're not even really being linked with a, with a many full-backs. So it seems as if um, Guardiola is going to be happy with what he's got. Whether that's the right decision or not, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, I think if he's not content with what he has, then you have to be asking completely what they're doing in the transfer market. I think, like you said, Kyle Walker been there for three years and I think 30 now. I think that was a short-term fix, but they've still got three decent years. Whether there's two or three more in him, I'm not sure. But in terms of, yeah, in terms of this, whether they're going to look out, then they shouldn't be spending nearly, nearly 50 million on Mendy and then about 60 million on Cancelo just to then say, you know what, we actually need more. So if Pep doesn't have faith in Cancelo to maybe replace Walker. I mean, Cancelo is only 26, so he should have bought him last year with that in mind to replace Walker. He shouldn't then be going out again to buy someone else better because that's not the Pep that we know. Also, he's not been bad. He's only started 11 games in the league. He's not been bad. We haven't really seen him. He's had the injury yeah. problems as well. I think the most likely situation is that you maybe move on from Walker. You can probably cash in now and get some money back from him, especially because he's English. This summer, then you go with Cancelo and Garcia as your two right-backs and you give Cancelo a full season at least to show what he can do. Like, he was quality at the Juventus. And I think, obviously, you've got to wonder why they were willing to let him go in the first place. But I think he's got enough there. I guess it, it comes back to what I said earlier. I think if you've got two actual high-quality defenders in the middle... I think the shortcomings of the fullbacks probably doesn't get highlighted as much. But what about, because obviously if you look at Liverpool, Robertson, Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, they all, by and large, maybe Gomez is the, the wild card here, but they avoid injuries. Now, obviously you've got Laporte, always gets injured. Benjamin Mende always gets injured. Cancelo, as you said, he's only started, what, 11 games or something this season. Surely their main thing is just to, A, make sure these players are fit, but B, the player that they bring in, make sure he is going to be 100% fit the whole time, doesn't have any injury problems. Yeah, you say that, but I don't think you can guarantee that with anyone who comes in. I don't think they would have spent all that money on Laporte and even Stones. I don't know if Stones had a track record of injuries like this at Everton. I mean, maybe I could be corrected there, but then are you looking at how you're training and what's happening to these players? Because company obviously had that reputation for basically a decade almost, it felt like. I don't know. It's tough because there were some players who were chronically injured at Bayern under Guardiola's reign and there were some who were doing that before. And then when he came in, things started going differently. I mean, there's obviously Raymond Verheyen loves to criticise Guardiola for the way he trains his players and that's why they pick up so many muscle injuries. But a lot of, I mean, some of these injuries that they're picking up are just freaks and you can't do anything about it. I think there's a degree of just bad luck with a lot of these injuries. And I think, we said that about City last summer as well. And we said that it would have been less close the season before if they hadn't been so injured. But now, are we just going to assume that if there's no injuries next year, they're going to come back and come straight back at Liverpool? I don't think so. Because I think teams have started to, well, not every team, I think a lot of teams have started to realise you there's a way to beat City. Nine defeat shows that. Yep. So for the defence, it sounds like the overwhelming consensus is Pep Guardiola, sign a centre-back and kind of just, I don't know, wrap everyone else in cotton wool. Onto the midfield and a big, bigger question here, stick or twist, because it encompasses so many more players um, and obviously players that play on the wings also kind of get shunted into the middle, like uh, Bernardo Silva, for example. Um, but what do you guys think? Is it just a case of just give Phil Foden a run? Yeah, obviously they're going to be losing um, Dario Silva in the summer. Uh, so 
you'd expect Phil Foden to step up more. I think you're going to see Bernardo Silva drop deeper even more. I mean, he's done well when he's been asked to play out on the, on the right, but I think he's going to be even better when he goes inside. When you look at it there, you sort of look at it, you've probably got five top quality central midfielders, including Foden, and it assumes that Gundogan is going to be fit. Again, he comes back to another player, you just can't stay fit. So if he stays fit, it's six. Is that enough? Maybe it depends. You've been four competitions, Guardiola asks a lot of the midfielders. There's probably an argument to make you could bring one more in, but you probably want it to be someone who's a little bit similar to Bernardo and can play wide as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the appeal in maybe bringing Bernardo back to try and say to him and Foden that you two between you are going to try and fill in the gap that Silva's inevitably going to leave behind. I think. I do. I mean, we just we have to see Foden play more, and I think we will see Foden more. He hasn't made enough. He's gradually made more minutes as the seasons have gone by, but I don't think it's as much as anyone has wanted to see. I guess maybe that's from the English perspective as well. But yeah, I I don't think they will replace David Silva. I think there is a belief and an expectation that the replacement is there within the squad, and that is Foden, to be honest. Is that enough attacking options, though? Because then you've just got really De Bruyne, Foden and Bernardo. Because Gundogan is probably a bit of a hybrid player, but he he prefers, obviously, sitting deeper and controlling the game from there rather than like pushing forward in the same way that those other three players do. So do you not worry about what happens if one of them was to go down? Then you're asking a lot in terms of... Because City rely on their midfield a lot for creativity, especially when they're playing... Yeah, I guess it depends on how they strengthen further upfield. Like if they are going to get a Leroy Sané replacement, which is probably what we'll talk about in a bit, then I think that they would maybe be a bit more content with maybe Bernardo being that person who does drop back a bit or knowing Pep, he'll just change, change it in some other way that we're not too certain about maybe you push De Bruyne even further up and you have both Gundogan and Rodri or Gundogan and well I mean Fernandino is still going to hang around and I think as much as he's started this year in centre-back I think he's going to be there yeah he'll just be their go-to backup basically in centre-back and midfield really. I don't necessarily know if they need another attacking midfielder because I always think and this is something I'm going to come to because it's something that really irks me with Manchester City in a bit so I'll just make it just a short sentence here and then we'll come to it more elaborately but I think Pep Guardiola rotates his team too much and I'd love to just see De Bruyne just play more often um, because that's that's how they got themselves in a hole at the start of the season their first two defeats is because he wasn't even playing at the start yeah no I agree with that but I think I don't think that's going to change. I think that's the way he wants to play. He likes having big having squads where he can rotate players because he demands a lot. Obviously, a lot of the times his players are towards the top of the league in terms of distance covered. I guess the one player who sort of fits the uh, bill of what we were saying is um, Jack Grealish. Obviously, you don't know how realistic those links are, but they are being linked with him, especially if Villa do go down. It's I, I don't know if I'm convinced that he's ready to perform that sort of role for that sort of club. I think you probably want to see him go to like a Leicester... Or, I guess, based on where they are don't, now, Spurs are an Arsenal. Don't really lump Spurs in with City. them. Come on, mate. <laughs> but it, I, it, I, I just think that the primary links you see for City are obviously another forward to play Sané and a centre-half. And I think the third primary link you see is a central player. And I think something's going to happen, I think, with them now that they are free to spend it this summer. And I think... It's. I think it's got to be someone like Greer who can do that and who can go both ways because otherwise, if you're playing someone who can just play in a central position, then you're really congesting that area and more realistically limiting Foden's game time. Yeah, Mike. Obviously, you have a inside scoop almost here on the on the Grealish debate, and that you are 
close to Aston Villa, let's say. I never want to reveal people's allegiances without without them kind of being foretold. But you're you're very close to Aston Villa. You obviously know Jack. Hang on, you do that to me Mate, all I the time. I can't help it. I can't help it if you're a massive Chelsea fan, Pete Charland. It just comes out too easily. An Aston Villa fan, I believe it's called. Big breaking news here. That's the exclusive for today. Why should Manchester City sign Grealish? Because I'm looking at Grealish now, particularly in lockdown, where you've got nothing else to do except watch every single match that's going on, basically. Grealish, he's not all that, man. Yeah, they sh- I think he's... Um, yeah, no one should sign him. I think he should just stay at Villa for the next uh, <laughs> three years. No, I, yeah, post, post-lockdown post Grealish. I think maybe before the Palace win, it was a bit more of a concern. He obviously had more of an influence um, on the weekend, but... Yeah, I mean, it's tiring. It's tiring carrying a team for that long, and I think more people, because we're closer to the summer transfer market, they're scrutinising his performances more. The United links and maybe the City links, they're becoming more intense, knowing that our relegation is kind of around the corner as well. So, because of it being more a case of when than if, this is why he's he's being more closely watched. But yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, he does have that hybrid sort of appeal, like Charlotte was saying about being able to play centrally, but he could also be one of those options a bit further out wide in a three as well. And yeah, I mean, I do, I do think when we were in the championship, when Villa were in the championship, I should say, uh, there was, I don't know, there was lingering doubts about whether he had that quality to take it to another level. And then I think pre-lockdown Grealish basically proved to everyone that he is, I mean, I just, well, yeah, maybe it's because we've never had a player like that in 10, 20 years, but Never seen someone carry a game like that. Never seen someone so comfortable with the ball. So so easily just carry the ball and carry the ball. Yes, he'll go down too easily. And 51% of the fouls, you could argue, are probably dubious or 49. But that's that's his... Um, He's got an art of going down that I think that we've seen with some other players like Sterling and Hazard have in the past as well, just because they've got the ball so often as well. So I do think... Yeah, I, City's the interesting one. And I think United, because of their resurgence now, about two months ago, three months ago, you would have said that Grealish would have walked into the United side. I don't know if he walks into either of those sides now. And it will be very interesting to see where he does end up because I think, yeah, it will be this summer. Like you said, Leicester, a club of that level. I think I think Leicester are perfect because I saw, I don't want to listen to the Jack Grealish podcast, but I think it links to City. Because I think that... Big, we've seen for years and years that City are no different to any other big club. Big clubs are terrified of buying players from smaller clubs. That's why Liverpool signing Andy Robertson was such an impressive thing to do because it basically never happens. Like You can, you can count the examples on your, on your hand. So for someone like Jack Grealish, I think I don't think he's necessarily going to get that opportunity to go straight to City, but James Madison is in a similar situ- situation, or was at least when he left Norwich, and he rather he was being tentatively linked to Spurs at the time, but he went to Leicester for whatever reason. Maybe Spurs with no concrete interest. He's proven that he can boss the game at the highest level. Greenish, the concerns are there, but are the concerns there because, as you say, Hinksy, he's got to just do everything for Villa. And if he goes to a bigger team where there's better players and there's less pressure on him, is he actually going to shine even more? I'd like to see City take a flyer on him and see what they get from him. Obviously, you're going to have to pay through the nose. But realistically, I could see City going after someone like Madison instead and then turning to Gre- and someone else will turn to Grealish a year or two afterwards. Because Madison's a perfect example of what they need. Someone who can control the game, pick up the ball, take it from deep and create a lot of chances for the players in front of him. And if he needs to be, he can play wide. Obviously, it's not ideal, but he can do it. I don't know. I don't know why. For some reason, with Grealish, there seem to be more doubts about him over someone like Madison. I don't know if it's because of his attitude and or perceived attitude. Yeah, I think Pep likes him though. I think he's referenced it a few times when we've played him, and I can I can see it happening. I can see him 
maybe taking it upon himself to be the one that like, yeah, like there has been off field problems, which are maybe blown up more than they should be in the papers and the media. But yeah, I think that Pep would maybe see the appeal of taking someone like Grealish under their wing and being like, right, I've just made you from someone on the edge of probably, maybe probably would have made the Euro squad this summer. And he, by a year at United, but definitely City, I think he would just be, yeah, a, a shoe in for the England squad for sure, if not the starting eleven. All right, so under midfield, I think we'll file, play Foden, maybe sign Grealish, maybe sign James Madison. On to the attack. And, well, this is quite a confusing area. What encompasses the attack? Is it just Sergio Aguero and Jesus? Or is it Sterling and Mahrez? It's all of them. All of those players, basically. What do you want to see happen, given the fact that Leroy Sane is departing for Bayern Munich? They need to sign someone else. It's just it's as simple as that. Like, I mean, it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say when they're blowing teams away on such a regular basis. But every single time I watch Sergio Aguero play, I am absolutely petrified for his knees. And... I can't imagine it's any different for the city coaching staff. You just list the number of injuries he's had over his career. Jesus is improving. He's shown that he can lead a team and can be the talismanic striker that you'd want him to be. But if if either of them goes down for a sustained period of time, I think there's big problems. And I think you need to bring in again. It's, it's all it's all about it's all about flexibility. That's what Guardiola loves. And I think you need to bring in someone who can play as a striker or out wide because if either of them go down for a long period of time, which is entirely possible. You can't rule it out. And I think then you'd look at it and you're like, do we really want to be playing Sterling or De Bruyne as a false nine every single week? It works for a bit, but I don't think you want that. You want someone else who can play wide. The question is who? Like they're not, again, it's, it's similar to the fullbacks area. They're not really being linked to anyone that's in that sort of, in that sort of area. Like Adama Traore or Sancho, like I don't think they're necessarily going to go after either of those. Leon Bailey's the one, I guess, but he's never played as a striker. Yeah, I think all the options that we're talking about are not this. They don't have this potential to play centrally. and But I, I, I don't think they will go for a centre-forward, to be honest. I think that Pep will probably see that there's at least one more year in hoping Aguero's the starter with Jesus as a background. And then, uh, yeah, maybe he'll give it one or two years. Because I think we were saying before the pod, Ben, we're trying to think of names. Like we, We're talking about all these people who could go and maybe these areas that they could strengthen, but we are really struggling to come up with actual names where we go, right, That tell me a centre-forward right now that Man City should go after. And, I mean, they're either going to cost not, 200 million or... Why not Harry Kane? Let's just throw Harry Kane's name in there. Uh, sit, yeah. It's Tottenham, it's Tottenham, will say, Tottenham would say 200 million. They just would. Yeah, and also, and also, it doesn't look like he can run anymore, which is a major problem. That is a bit of an issue. Is it? Is it next summer that Aguero said he's going to go back to Argentina? He's always said he's going to go early. I think it was supposed to be twenty twenty. But he keeps saying this. There's always this like, oh, like oh, I'll go back in twenty eighteen. I'll go back in twenty nineteen. It was. It was. It was going to be twenty twenty. Was the one he always said it'd be twenty, and then he he. I think it's twenty twenty one now. He pushed it back. He signed an extra year onto his contract. There's that famous headline, isn't it, in a newspaper where it was once we've won the Champions League. So it was like, here's a 68-year-old Aguero still, probably still scoring hat-tricks against Brighton and whoever else, but still not leaving City. But yeah, no. They could do it this year. And they are very much free to do it next year. Maybe there's probably 12 months left of City and Aguero. The problem problem is is that, you sort of touched it on there by raising Kane, is that there are very, very few world-class strikers and most of the actual the world class strikers are now players who are strikers. Weirdly, like it used to be that you thought the best forwards were the ones who played wider, but now actually you had Kane and Lewandowski. They're they're strikers. You couldn't play them out wide; it just wouldn't work. So now 
it's very difficult to find a player who can do both. Like Aguero, and Je- no, Aguero can't do it really. Jesus is very unique in that sense. And even then, he doesn't look entirely comfortable when he plays out wide. So I think in that respect, I think Hinks is probably right. I think if you if you assume that Aguero is going to stay and he's going to be healthy, you probably don't look to sign another player. So now you're looking for someone who goes out on the wing to help cover because obviously, as we said earlier, you think Bernardo is going to come back in. But is, I mean, the only realistic option I can really see is Bailey. I think it'd be amazing to watch him under Guardiola. I think it could be incredible. I don't think the Premier League is going to be ready to cope with what he can bring. But there's not really many other like options where you look at anything like, yeah, City could upgrade. I mean, this is what happens when you spend 60 million on every position in this team. Like, You get a very good team that's very difficult to upgrade. And yet they've lost nine times. And I think that leads us on to our final kind of debate. And that is the manager. Now, I'm not saying that Manchester City should twist on Pep Guardiola. That would be ridiculous. But I also know that it's almost illegal to criticise Guardiola. And all I want to see him do is develop some consistency. And I think his love for rotation is absolutely ridiculous. I think like we're talking about basically the best footballers on the planet. They can play twice in a week, even... um, given how much Pep demands, as I know you mentioned earlier, Charlotte. Like, Kevin Bruyne doesn't need to be a substitute against Norwich. Like, he overthinks it. He's desperate to spread the minutes about his squad. Um, But you just lose momentum each time you take out Raheem Sterling after he's scored a hat-trick or Kevin De Bruyne after he's played a crucial game. You're just asking for that team to just lose its momentum. And the great thing about Liverpool is that you know they're starting 11. Or if you don't know they're starting 11, you know they're front three and you know they're back five. And all right, the three in the midfield do change slightly. Um... And that's why Liverpool can just bulldoze team win after win after win after win because it's just consistent, consistent. You're not like, oh, is Mahrez playing when Sterling... But Sterling played really well last time and, oh, actually, Bernardo Silva's going to be playing on the right mid when actually he's been playing centrally midfield. And I I don't know what your guys' thoughts are just for me. It might just be me talking with my fantasy football head on and it's really <laughs> frustrating trying to predict Pep Guardiola's teams and it's costing me points every single week. Um, but with Liverpool, Salah, Mane, Firmino, always, always flawless. Um you look at Manchester United, how they're flying now with Rashford, Marshall, Greenwood, Fernandes and Pogba in behind. That doesn't change. And yet Pep Guardiola is constantly mixing it up. Well, I would say two things here. One is he changes because he can. The other teams in the league cannot do that. You t- the front three for Liverpool, like what are you going to do? Start Diva Carigi now, I'm all right, mate. Cheers, I'll start these three, even if they're absolutely knackered because they're so much better. Whereas like, if is tired, I'll great about Gabriel is like Kevin De Bruyne's type great about Bernardo Silva or David Silva so that no one's quite like for like and obviously someone like De Bruyne is miles ahead of everyone else because he's just so gifted but he's got the depth he can do it and the other thing I would say as well is that we've got to be very careful not to forget that this City team was historically one of the best champions of England just a couple of years ago and the only way we've seen them beaten really is because they were subjugated to possibly an even better Liverpool team, but a team that is also going to go down in historical terms. Like that's how good they were. Obviously, wheels coming off in the last few weeks regardless. So it's one of those things where you look at it, and you just think like, is this, is this season just a combination of a bit of bad luck with injuries? Maybe they were putting more effort into the Champions League because it's the thing they really want. Liverpool were conversely putting all their effort into the Premier League because it's the thing they really wanted. This Liverpool team, everything clicked, everything came together perfectly. Is it And next season... Are City going to be the team to beat? I don't think it's as simple as that, but I think it's something you need to consider because I think there's not really too much I would criticise of Guardiola. I think he's just, a, I think sometimes he's just a bit too stubborn in the way he plays against certain teams, but he is changing a lot of things game to game at times. But I do think there's something to be said for, I think a lot of their concentration is on the Champions League. And I think Liverpool went out early this year. Like they were so far ahead at such an early stage. I think you would never want to accuse a professional of giving up. 
But I think there's an argument to be made that they quickly realise, look, let them have that. We'll just get our Champions League football for next year. We'll focus on it. I don't know. Maybe. That's, that'll be my instinct. I don't I don't think they need to change too yeah. much. I, mean, I just personally think that even though he's managed Barcelona, even though he's managed Bayern Munich, I don't know if Pep's ever had a squad so rich in talent going so far, like going so far deep into it. Like, I think you look at the Barca 11s that he may have had when he was there for, what, four seasons. I think his options off the bench, you're talking about people like, what, Hleb, Bojan, people like that. Like, you're looking at his options now and you're th- you're saying, oh, we're going to bring on Riyad Mahrez. We're going to bring on this fullback who costs 60 million. We're going to bring on this midfielder who's the next English midfield, like, great for hopefully whatever, like... Like, that's their options now. And they've got, a, I mean, I still would say that they've got a better squad than Liverpool. It's just that, like you said, this starting eleven, bar the midfielders with Liverpool, where you're you're going to go, oh, they've got five or six great options for three areas. You're saying that's the eleven, And for City, because they've, he's wanted to please so many people at the same time, and he's keeping so many people on their toes, which has probably a positive effect in one way. This season, it hasn't, because... Yeah, they probably have switched their minds off with Liverpool racing away so quickly. But there's too many people to please at the same time. And I think that he's, yeah, too many plates and a few of them have crashed this season. I get that he has more options than everyone else. Fair enough, right, fine, mix up the attack. It just seems very weird that you'd rotate your left back and your right backs or mm. or your or your centre backs. For me, like, they just get a consistent base there. These are the, these are the players who aren't going to be working as hard as your, your midfielders or your attackers. I know. It's strange. Anyway, chaps, I'm going to leave this with a final question for you both. I feel like we fixed Manchester City. It's very, very simple. But here it's a game of opinions and we need a final opinion. So who will win the Premier League next season? Given that Manchester City have no European ban, they're free to presumably sign a few players this summer. They're free to compete with Liverpool and maybe other teams. Who are you saying? Manchester City. Right now I'm saying City as well. I think... With the van overturned, I think they're going to sign better players. And I don't think Liverpool... Liverpool already said they're not going to sign players. They can't compete with that. I think it's going to be tougher than next year. Yeah, I think it's easier to be the person chasing. And I think Liverpool did that for so long that I think that this next year it will be a real... It will be tougher to play every single opponent. And also City will be hungry and they will have yeah the, the financial backing this summer to address every area. Also, like the last decade, only one team has retained the Premier League title. We've had different winners every year in the last decade. That only the only team who did that was Pepsi. I like, I think Liverpool's excellence this year has definitely diminished in a lot of people's minds. How good the City team is and can be, and it's not. I, there's no reason Liverpool can't go and win the league again. But City are City are very very good. Like it's just because the just because the rest of the league has been doesn't mean that like City are an exception to the rule. Like, City have been excellent and they will be excellent next year. Liverpool will, I imagine, be the same. I think it's going to be a great battle next year. And you also saw with Liverpool the intensity, like how much they wanted this Premier League. And now that they've won it, they have dipped slightly. Um, and when they, and it also their performances did suffer slightly kind of from February onwards, just before lockdown as well, even though they were winning games in the Premier League, you noticed it wasn't quite as good. And I just wonder now that, They've got that kind of well, their monkey off their back or whatever. But, and also with no fans, whether they're going to be able to kind of go out next season and get 100 points. I suspect the next season's Premier League will be we'll back, back in the 90 points, back in the 80, high 80s, low 90s. Yeah, I, I, yeah. how do you beat almost perfection? And that's what's happened to City after two years. How do you beat 100 points, then 98 points? You can't. Like you, You're just not going to go and get 114 points. You're not going to win every game. So there's only one way for them to go and... Yeah, I think, like you said, I think that it's got the makings of an equal battle, 
probably closer to the lower 90s now. Superb stuff. I think we'll leave it there. Well, Mike, absolute pleasure for you pausing your life. Where were you? You nice Wiltshire, did you say? Worcestershire. Worcestershire, so not Wiltshire at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks to you. um, And thanks to you, Pete, who I presume is in... Are you in Q? Where are we saying? Teddington. <laughs> Teddington, not, not correct there either. Uh, well, thanks to myself as well. I'm in Putney. You sure, yeah? I'm, I am 100% sure this time. Um, and thanks to you at home for listening all the way to the end. Hopefully, if you're a Manchester City fan, you're quite excited about next season. Hopefully, if you spot any other club, then you still think we can take Man City. Over and out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 